0: This is Mark Sandino with the Helpful Human podcast. I am the founder of Helpful Human, and I'm here with Thomas Hallstrom. Hey. Hey, Mark. How's it going today? Great, it's bright and breezy Thursday. What's your role at Helpful Human, just real quick? Because I said I'm the founder. Are you just a a human, a meat bag? What What do you do
1: here? No, Mark, I'm not a meat bag. Well, uh, you, you are. We all are. I used to build technology, and now I'm building relationships with our clients. Okay, yeah. So you're a business development, but you're
0: so much more than that. You're a partner in crime. You're helping qualify great new opportunities. And today, we're going to talk about people, talent. And we're going to just trot out some fat acronyms today. Yeah, that's what technologists do, man. Okay, I want you to take first strike at the acronyms on the podcast. How, how would you say... How would you string together our culture and hiring
1: acronyms? That I'm that I'm looking for fish to make me go. Or you could say, ah, fish. Okay, I'm working up to that. I, Yeah,
0: they work. I've tried it every which way as they've grown and
1: permutated over the years. One thing I do know, it confuses our clients. Yeah, sometimes I think creating acronyms... It should be, the intent should be to simplify and clarify, but other times I think it just, it's, it's made to like add some aura of mystique to your secret sauce. Well, true.
0: And acronyms are really, really helpful when they help us remember important concepts and form process and the way we interact with the world. And I am proud to say that the, ah, fish or fish that make us go, ah, however you want to say it, is truly meaningful. It is at least 10 years in the making and it, it totally matters to us and creates above average results.
1: I agree. It's, okay. it's the, it's the travel edition of our, of our, our, some of our culture and values. Okay. So I'm going to, let's start by talking about
0: what a uh, fish is. Okay. And I'm, I'm going to stop doing the, <laughs> I'm going to stop doing it that way. A <laughs> uh, fish or fish that makes go off. Okay. Which one do you want to do? Do you want to do the AH or do you want to do the FISH? Because I think we need to start out with saying what these acronyms mean. I I like the FISH. You you, like the FISH. Okay. Going back many years at Helpful Human, I realized we needed to change a little bit the way we think about people, talent, and more importantly, people who can help us get things done for ourselves and for our clients. So we came up with this. Ah, acronym. These are the kind of people we're looking for. There's four A's and an H. The first A is for affable. The second A is for aptitude. The third A is for adaptable. The fourth A is for accountable. And the H, it's for human. Now, I'm going to go through these just really quick. Affable is the kind of person you want to be around. They're the people when you're in the pits or on the peaks, you want to strive together with them. And by the way, they're just not a nice person because I think we can all agree that nice people can also be incredibly annoying and unreliable. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Oh, you're a real nice person. Can I get away from you now? (laughs) Okay. So, I mean, there's a reason that's the first one because, you know, as much as work is about striving together and output, it's also a social enterprise. It's a human centric thing and you want affable people around. The second thing is aptitude. So, Certainly, and we're going to talk about this, talent is good, as experience is is good as well. But it's not so much what you have done or what you already know. Yes, we need a strong basis, but it's what you can know and how quickly you can get there. And in an engineering-led, design-led company, it's not just about code and design. It's about your ability to do some of the fish stuff, which you're going to talk about in a minute. Adaptable is the ability to roll with the punches. Things go wrong 60% of the time, 100% of the time. You know what I mean? Right. It just never goes the way you expect. And sometimes it's not a problem. It's just, hey, we just need to make a change. And it's surprising, and I think I can relate to this a little bit too, how often when someone says, oh, you were doing this, but now you have to do something completely different. It can be totally disquieting. I've run across people in the past who have said, Hey, I was, but I was doing this. Yeah, I I know, but we need you to do this now. But if you could just let me know ahead
1: of time. Well, no, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm letting you know ahead of time. (laughs) (laughs) We we need to change. Well, and if you put your value in one particular skill set, this is my thing that I do. uh, That can be very uncomfortable to be asked to provide value in something that you haven't done before. But if you can step back and recognize, no, I want you. I want your aptitude. I want your ability to learn something new. You become much more portable. Yeah, we're looking for portable people. It you know, we can't have that. It's not it doesn't start with well,
0: an A. When you pick a person up, they become portable. That's- as long as their feet aren't touching the ground. And maybe that's just what we need to do. We just need to pick people up and move them and now they're portable. Okay accountable, obviously accountable. What does it mean to be accountable? Well, accountability is you own your own crud. And to extend that, you own the crud of your team. You own your wins and you own them on the account of the team. So that's a little bit different. You don't own your wins, but really what we're getting down to, it's a we versus a me, and it's an us versus an I. On the negative side, what happens a lot, and we've seen this um, and we've all done this, is there's been failure. I might be the tip of the spear of the failure. And one of the first reflexive things I'm doing is looking for something to blame. Well, the client wasn't, you know, they just, they just ghosted us. They went on vacation. And, 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 and so how, how am I supposed to get this done? Or how am I supposed to be successful? Because Peter over there is just, uh, his voice is cracking. We're in the studio. We're trying to lay down our, it's time to change track. And he can't sing. By the way, I played my son, um, that song the other day, the Brady Bunch song. Yeah. And he's like, who are the Brady Bunch? And I'm just like, oh, how we have fallen.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How far the mighty have fallen. You're like, where do you even start there? Like how far back do we need to go? Yeah. But it's not the worst example in the
0: world because as the Brady Bunch people, uh, were in the episode, his voice cracked and instead of lamenting it and whatever, he just owned it and they turned it into something great as a family, as a team. So, you know, whatever. We can do that together as people, but there's got to be accountability. And then the human thing is we're humans working on behalf of humans at the request of other humans and really ultimately for the hopeful outcome of changing people's lives for the better, even if it seems banal to some people. Maybe we're doing a B2B software process improvement or we're creating something else. But the risk here is, is if we do not remember that, and we go head down like a bunch of troglodytes in our little actual or metaphorical cubicles, we will forget that this is a very human-centric business. And I'm not just talking about human-centered design. I'm talking about how am I doing something that's going to change people's lives and how can I be sensitive to doing good? Because sometimes just cranking through production of writing just a bunch of code or doing production design, is the good we can do today to solve real problems. Okay. Thomas, you're on. What's a fish? A fish.
1: A fish is a full stack human. Oh. So if if you've worked with technology before or been adjacent to it, the idea of, of full stack, you know, when, when you interact with an application or some kind of tech, you got the parts that you see. There's a bunch that you don't see in the background, and then there's a bunch of plumbing and wiring that connects the two. And sometimes we'll call that the stack, the stack of technology. And oftentimes when you got a project and you don't know what, you know, what you're going to encounter, you're like, I need a full stack person. Anything I throw at them, the parts you can see, the parts you can't see, I need a full stack developer, a full stack technologist. And it's easy to use that just as your, the, the bumper sticker of what you're looking for, of somebody who can do all the things. And when we say full stack human, I'm thinking about who is somebody, not just who knows all the different slices of the technology stack, but they understand the business. They understand people. They do understand the technology as well, but they understand the entire arc like to what end are we doing all this? And they can navigate difficult people, difficult tech, difficult financial situations, difficult business outcomes. That's a full stack human. And I would add a layer of that that I've found is I love working with full stack humans who have a weird story. Like it's not a clean arc from where they, maybe where they started, what they wanted to do when they were kids, what they studied in school and what they're doing now. I've worked with a data scientist who was an entomologist. I've worked with somebody running global analytics um, for a massive, very recognizable company. And he's a filmmaker. Is it McDonald's? He's a filmmaker.
0: Is it, was it Tesla? If, stop, was it why, was why it? why do you always do this? Was it?
1: <laughs> he's a filmmaker. Was it Virgin? And if you look on LinkedIn, his title is filmmaker before any yeah. call out of, of what else he's doing. And I think that adds to that full stack uh, metaphor or idea of you're bringing something unexpected and varied to the table, yeah, not just I the technology. Yeah, I think that is a great overview. I want to add a little color to that. It's a little bit of a
0: punch in the teeth to this, this desire you mentioned up front. It's like, I just give me some, I need a full stack developer. I just need it. It's basically, I need a one size fits all problem solver. I need someone who can work from the presentation layer all the way back to storage. Right. I need, I need someone who's not going to be surprised by anything. And what we would say is "Eh, yeah, T-shaped people, lots of experience, deep expertise. That's good. Uh, Experience really matters. Talent is important. We're not saying that talent and experience is not important where people go deep, where they have broad experience, and then the years they stack on that. But we also know something. Talent and experience don't deliver fantastic outcomes. I'm, they just don't. Full stack humans deliver fantastic outcomes. One of the things that we have tucked underneath that is let's say we have someone who meets that baseline criteria. So they they make us go, ah, right? And, and, and you'll notice in that acrostic doesn't say anything about must be amazing at typed languages, must uh, really understand GraphQL and have X years of experience under their belt doing that. Sometimes that can be really important. But what we're looking for in that acrostic is those, what are called soft skills, which really should be more important to anyone looking to get stuff done.
1: Yeah. And, and those soft skills, they'll, they'll tag them on as the last three bullet points of a job description. Oh, should know how to interact with people, um, construct full sentences. Right. Right. (laughs) Must most of the time wear pants. (laughs) So we we've relegated it to a nice to have when really when I look back at the successful projects I've been part of, like I have a hard time recalling a project where there was a particular technology or business problem. Somebody stepped in and said, I have all the skills. I know I'm doing the Jedi, the Jedi wave with my hand right now. I have all the things that we need. I've done this before. I know exactly the path to happiness and success and they come in and they follow that path. It's often, sometimes experienced architects other times new engineers or developers but they step in and if there's these characteristics that we're talking about that adaptability and the aptitude is not what you know it's how quickly you can learn something new they're stepping in assessing the situation and constantly reorienting themselves to an ever evolving problem and those that that's what i'm looking for so full stack yes exactly
0: and full stack humans at, at helpful human we a full stack human in the dark moment when they are wondering what to do next. They might be in the middle of a huge project or someone might have lobbed something at them, which is a huge aspirational deliverable. Um, They could be beginning, mid or end of a project. And let's say we hit an inevitable uh, slow point roadblock. Uh, They're going to ask themselves three questions. What's the outcome that we're looking for? Not what lines of code do I need to write next, but what's the outcome? Let's get aligned on the meaningful outcome. That helps us to revisit the right problems to solve. And we're hopefully already solving those problems. But once
1: again, what's the outcome? That's important. And it helps us calibrate and measure what we deem success. Because you can easily launch some fancy slick thing that doesn't actually solve the problem, but looks really good in its attempt. And if you don't understand the outcome, you can say, hey, mission accomplished. Yeah. And, and it's it's a, the, the
0: report is a little bit old, but the Standish uh, group puts out the thing called the chaos report. They haven't done it for years. And the reality is, is most digital initiatives or IT projects, as they put it, fail to deliver the value that they should. They cost 300 percent more money. I'm, I'm a little rusty on the stats and it's 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 essentially there's a few different reasons. But one of the primary reasons is falling in love with the wrong problem. So there's that's a whole another podcast. The second thing is, if you're outcome-focused, it's courageously wading into complexity. And someone who meets the awe uh, hiring acrostic is fantastic at this because complexity isn't just, oh, shoot, I don't know how to do this technical thing or I don't know how to design this friction-free user experience. It's also, and I would say even more, Most of the time coming through people, complexity of people, their needs, their demands, and sometimes their uh, unhealthy ways of approaching problem solving. That can be a client, it can be a partner, it can be one of your employees. And so to courageously wade into complexity in that dark moment or in that complicated moment, we're saying, I'm I'm diving in, I'm going to find the outcome and I'm going to dive in here
1: and that complexity can also come when the client hasn't done the hard work of defining the problem and clarifying the problem that's when you get the i need i need the one size fits all i'm i'm outsourcing my problem solving i just want one person and they can solve all, fill in all the gaps that i haven't taken the time to to understand
0: yeah and we come close to saying that's impossible We won't do it, which is why we do design thinking exercises up front from our digital clarity project to our program, which is two days to a full design sprint. But even so, let's say we successfully get the stakeholders in the room, we get the experts in the room, we're striving together. That complexity, you know, it's it can be super discouraging when you say, hey, I am outcome focused. I am I want to fix this problem. And you you hit the wall of complexity which can be so many different things. Hey, listen, let's also call it, if it can go wrong, it will go wrong, right? But, but we push in, we set our face to the wind and we're either solving a problem that is worth being solved or we're not. And usually if we're doing something with, with a client or a partner, it means it's worth solving. And if it's worth solving, it's gonna be complex. Okay, and the last thing is, we communicate with excellence. So if I'm sitting there at any given time, I'm just like, okay, where? why are we going here? What's the big problem to solve and why does it matter? Two, I'm going to just dig into this complexity. And the last thing is I'm not going to do this silently. I am going to transparency, transparently with vulnerability and articulation communicate, which is a communication isn't a monologue, which is a risk if you're hanging out with me at any given time. It's a two-way conversation that
1: is designed to create new value quicker. Right. Because you can, it's easy to want to listen, listen, listen. I'm in, I'm on input. Now let me go away. Sometimes there's that, that fear of the unknown. So you're in the room and you want to disappear and let me go retreat and solve this by myself. And that communicating with excellence is the ability to one set aside ego, not be afraid of outcomes that make you uncomfortable or, or answers that make you uncomfortable and the ability to bring order to the chaos of the conversation in a room. We've all been in a room where it's, you know, you got eight people around a table and you're just playing hot potato with the topic and there's no clarity, there's no solution and people are at odds. And when someone stands up and brings clarity, they communicate where we've been, where we, where we're at, where we want to go and communicate excellently that's that's a skill. And that's what we want to bring when we're in the room with our clients. Exactly. And I would also say that within
0: a process of, the, of, of guided discovery through design sprints, uh, through good engineering uh, management, uh, great continuous improvement, overlapping discovery of what the client need actually is in c- customer, you, you need fewer geniuses in the room. Well, you know, definitely need people who are strategically good at getting that 10,000 foot view, diving down, going back up to great heights, diving back in. But when you have, when everyone is looking for outcomes, when everyone is diving in the complexity and when everyone's communicating, it's amazing. And I, this is going to sound bad, but what even mediocre people can do together. And that drives us to the next point. I, by the way, I don't think we have anyone mediocre at Helpful Human. I, I really don't. But there's this, this is the complaint part of the podcast. The averagest digital transformation <laughs> folks. Yeah. Right down the center. You know, it's funny, my my 10-year-old son, uh, Willem, he has a shirt he loves. Uh, he has a few shirts he loves. One of his favorites is the world's okest brother. Just printed in Helvetica. <laughs> it takes up the whole front of the shirt. <laughs> And I almost told him today, it's like, Hey man, you're, you're more than a, just an okay brother. But I stopped and I was like, you know what? That is a profound statement. Self-awareness. That's a, that's a, that's a gift. Well, no, but there, I, I think on one hand in life, there's this low bar, right? T- to your point earlier, it's like, Hey, can you complete your sentences? Can you like, can you right. uh, yank a comb through your hair? You know? So, um, not that I love crazy messy hair. I mean, look at Einstein. But the point is, uh, sometimes we're we're getting in right into the complaint part of this. We, others, partners, customers, we're playing the CV game.
1: Yeah, this is this is a good this is something good to talk about. We we have this you know we've we've come up with our acronyms. We've acronomized and and we feel good about this, this 360 degree full stack T shaped, all the facets of the people that we enjoy striving together with. Sometimes you present that as, as part of your special sauce, your value proposition and the, and the clients are like, we don't care. And something I'm realizing <laughs> is that doesn't happen very often, but maybe
0: in the quiet moments when they're just falling asleep and I was like, yeah, I just didn't really care about any of that. <laughs>
1: Right. I wish Mark would have just stopped talking at that <laughs> point. <laughs> but while they won't say that explicitly, uh, you, you feel like maybe the the caliber of your people or how you're describing your problem-solving approach, it's like, no, I want somebody with 14 and a half years of this particular thing. That's our bar. And what I've, as I've reflected on that, I've realized sometimes you're aiming for efficiency and sometimes you're aiming for innovation. If you're aiming for efficiency, it's kind of like getting corn or iron ore out of the ground. Like it's, it's a commodity. This is, I, there's not a lot of variety. I just need the corn to do the corn thing. I need the iron ore to do the iron ore thing. And I need. Are we talking about sweet corn or feed corn? This is, you know what? You're hyper extending the metaphor. Unnecessary at this point.
0: You know, you get a greater density per square foot with feed corn than sweet corn, but whatever I am, I am from Snohomish. Okay. Okay.
1: But go ahead. Sorry. Um, and or I want somebody who does this particular slice of the web stack and this level, these number of years of using this tool will tell me that they can solve my problem. And in that case, <clears throat> they're looking for efficiency and all your striving T-shaped, I used to be a, you know, marine biologist and now I'm in tech and isn't this a cool story and let's, let's innovate together. That's not what they're looking for. And you need to be able to st- recognize, one, do we still want to solve that problem. And if so, we approach how we do it differently. On the other hand, you have folks who do want to innovate and strive together and explore and they don't know where they're gonna land. And unlike efficiency where you're trying to reduce the unexpected as much as possible, in innovation, you've got some tolerance for failure because you know you're gonna have some failed experience. Okay, I'm
0: just gonna, I'm gonna do a official business pushback on what you're saying. I simultaneously agree that that's a way to process people and thinking about people and getting stuff done, but I'm also going to take a position, and I think you would agree with me on this, we don't want even just efficient efficiency without people that are not affable, high aptitude, adaptable, and accountable. Even if they're in the farthest corner of one's enterprise, tucked away, saying things like, just leave me alone. I just want to write code, <laughs> which happens. We still, and, and just, and this isn't about-
1: Jeff this. doesn't talk like that. Don't make fun <laughs> of him like that.
0: Okay. Here's, it, it, and it's not, it's not about a gruff person. It's not about how a person looks. It's not about where they're from. It's not about where they live. It's not if they're quiet, if they're boisterous, the, you, those those. Yeah, I would say, yeah, it's hard to think of someone who barely says a word or two that they're an affable, high communication person, but not, not everyone's made the same. We, I mean, the diversity of the world, as we know, is astounding. Worldviews are mixed and different, but I still I, I seriously question the value of. Uh, bringing someone along someone along that you, that is a key part even if it's long tail production stuff of your organization that does not um, meet something more than lines on a CV I I absolutely agree okay but let's okay here's what happens though a lot and I don't want to pick on any one company or person because I think we're all guilty of this I know we're all guilty of this Run a uh, hey, we got to get this thing done. Well, what do we need? Uh, we need someone who's really good at uh TypeScript, uh, React, uh, has experience with GraphQL, and uh, just a real ninja, just a real rock star, just a guru, just a guru. <laughs> just a guru. <laughs> no one uses the word guru anymore, and everyone's too smart to put ninja or rock star in their, in their JDs, but um. It, and, and unicorns, unicorns. Okay. Whatever. We, we need someone who's going to swoop in and solve the problem. We've got a, uh, we've got some defects. We got to get some work done fast. Now on one hand, yeah, a 10 xer, someone who can get stuff done 10 times as fast or has a lot of experience, has a, has a wide variety of exposure to technologies. And we're talking about an engineer, right? In this case, why wouldn't anyone want that? We, we all want that, but what we're missing. What we're missing are the people that are highly effective, great for innovation, great for morale, excellent communicators who, in combination with other people like them and the appropriate leadership, can get more done than a room full of rock stars. And there's a misappropriation of people that is epidemic in in our world, at the very least, and I would say probably every industry, where what we're looking for is, uh, you know, what you only have three years of this. Oh, you went to this school, great. Oh, great, you have, you, you know, you've been working in uh, Power BI for uh, eight years. Well, yeah, yeah, they they may be good at using that tool, but are are they going to be the kind of people that can help really move an in- initiative along? And one of the ways that it manifests from Managers is well, you know we're we're not moving as fast on our product, we're not releasing as much, and you know there's a lot of little stinky little defects that are that are just really plaguing us. We need some more senior rock star unicorn, whatever you want to say we need we need the problem solvers to come in. I think what you're gonna find most of the time because this is what I've seen is it's not about your individual contributors, but it, it isn't a lot of the times it's about. Uh, how you think about people. It's what processes are in place. It's how are we approaching the solve here It versus just throwing a bunch of points over the fence at a team of people who are supposed to striving to get stuff done. There have been at least a half dozen times in Helpful Humans history where I've been approached by super smart, super well-funded organizations. And a C-level person comes to me and says, hey, you know, what? pre-COVID where it's a happy hour, or we're traveling to some big reveal at some big tech conference. And we played a role. It's like, hey, Mark, you know, how did you find these amazing senior level people? Oh, well, like who? Oh, you know, uh Johnny. And we don't have a Johnny. I'm just this happen, This has happened for many people at the organization. And I'm, and instead of saying, "Oh, that's not a senior person," that guy just graduated from code school. He just <laughs> happens to meet the the ah acrostic. I'm like, "Oh yeah, uh, you know, it's it, and, you know, I'll talk about that. I'll talk about affability, aptitude, adaptability, accountability, and it's it's absolutely amazing how a person that's outcome focused, courageously wading into complexity." And, and can communicate well and in the can process. communicate well, looks like, and acts like a
1: very high performance person. I just want to add about, <laughs> when people talk about rock stars, way to go, you're a real rock star. Our first response for that stereotype is thinking about Jimmy Page tossing a TV out the penthouse suite of the Hyatt or something. Right. Nothing to do with actually performing a task music very well. I also think about the Rockstar energy drink which makes me think
0: about UFC tap out shirts and uh, low slung pants with big pockets that maybe even have shiny beads on the back and maybe they're they're a little frayed. Boot cut. Hey, nothing wrong with that but when I think Rockstar, that's what I think. I'm like, "Mm, I don't know if we have, if that's our jam. (laughs) No bedazzling here at Helpful Human. Right. So let's let's wrap this up. Ultimately, fish that make you go, ah, start looking for those people. Our experience has been, they are the best people. This is not about people who aren't talented. You, you have very experienced people. You have new people. You got to do a little finessing of the matrix there. But we at Helpful Human, and yes, it's right in line with our name, absolutely unequivocally believe these are the kind of people that help uh, leaders and visionaries create amazing
1: outcomes. Would you add anything to that, Thomas? Yeah, I would. Uh, I would add something for if you're, whether you're a recruiter or you're involved with talent acquisition for your company or you're trying to assemble a team, um, something that we've been hearing back on our own job descriptions. I, I often ask people, hey, what what made you like check in? Like how did this connection happen if it didn't come through relationship? And they talk about just the human element uh, in the job description. Sometimes we have a video linked of you talking about some of these things that we put in there. And they're like, this seems like a human company. And I like that. It's weird though, because I'm just quoting
0: crash test dummy lyrics and a really slow draw with, like a droning kind of Gregorian chant in the background.
1: It it resonates, man. (laughs) Uh, It does resonate. In your chest and with the people. So if you're writing these job descriptions, uh, don't be afraid to add that human element of who you are and how you operate. And the other thing I would put in is I've been, I've in years past, you're looking through the stack. If it doesn't come through a friend, you've got some email and you've got 40 of them and somebody really wants this to join your team. Look for some of those unexp- things that make you go, hmm, uh, I remember I, I had somebody who had invented this this device that if you're a rodeo guy and, you, and you're you in trouble and you want to disconnect from the, the, I clearly am not a rodeo person. You're not? <laughs> a rodeoist, is that what they're called? He had <laughs> invented this thing that, that disconnected the rope so they didn't get in trouble, they didn't get hurt. Uh, other times I found people who have, you know, their poetry instructors or their marine biologists or entomologists, some of these unexpected backgrounds, don't be scared of those and bring them in because oftentimes what they bring to the problem is far more varied and curious than your folks who've been following a straight line their whole career path. So for the talent acquisition or recruiter folks, don't be scared of folks who don't have a super tidy narrative.
0: yeah, and this is something we can keep talking about. What is excellence what What does it mean to be excellent individually? What does it mean to be excellent as a group? And I have over the years the same thing it's uh, so you you chip for instance you 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 uh, operated on pigs what oh, that's right. that's right. Well, you know, I was testing heart medication drugs on pigs. And then most of the interview was me asking questions like, okay, so what were the pigs like? And did you eat, did, after you had to, you know, expire them, did, did you make bacon or, I mean, <laughs> he just looks at me, no, they have drugs in them at that point. You can't, you can't eat a experiment pig.
1: One of my first interesting jobs with one of my favorite crazy bosses started with me having zero Can qualifications. You name that
0: crazy boss, please? For the record. <laughs>
1: Isn't I wouldn't it? do it. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> Just tempted. in case you're thinking about it. He he moved out of the country, you know, a few years back when people were threatening Wasn't that if a certain John event McAfee? happened, if a certain event happened, they'd move to Australia or something. Oh, okay. he, he followed through. He oh. was a man of his word. Uh, I, I was an English major wanting to teach poetry and I had a year of pre-med under my belt and I was looking for a college gig. And I'm like, how did my resume, which was gin and something out of nothing. How did this land on your desk? And he's like, honestly, I I was, I thought that was interesting. Why you'd want to study both. Uh, and I just figured we'd have some good conversations. And that started me on this, this particular career path. Oh
0: man. Uh, I am, I am super susceptible to that. I am, I am. Once again, we need people who can do the work, do it well, but we have filmmakers, we have chemists, we have uh, organic biology people, musicians, musicians. We have—they're the worst, aren't they? Oh, gosh. They're so floppy hair, flowered shirt. Stop! I'm Stop. just describing Thomas. I'm looking at him. <laughs> He's the musician, folks. Check him out at HalstromBand.com. Wait, do you have a URL for your band? This is not what we're talking no, about. No, right it's now. too late. I've already said it. Do yes. You have, what is it?
1: What you just said. Oh, no way. I guessed it? Yes. <laughs> yes. We, we couldn't get Hallstrom.com because it belongs to an LA-based private investigator, a gumshoe, if you will, and he won't give it up. He's had it forever. And if the URL is going to be owned by anybody, I'm, I'm kind of cool with that. Uh, yeah, that's fantastic. I own,
0: the family owns the domain Sandino.com. Points to my dad's custom hot rod business at this point. Nice flex. I, we, we, we are now just wasting time. So- <laughs> Let's uh, let's end this podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, Review it where you review things. iTunes would be a great place. We're striving to do a business podcast that's actually entertaining. We recognize that only people interested in the kind of things we do will be listening to it. But write in, give us your advice, your wants, and your critiques. If you have any quote-unquote pushback, we'd love to hear it. Uh, You can reach us at hello at helpfulhuman.com. Find us on all the major streaming platforms. And uh, that's all I have to say. Thanks, Mark. This was fun. Okay. Thank you, everybody.